welcome my world. Welcome to the Trucking Technology and Efficiency Twitter space. Got some uh, requests for speakers here. We're going to hold on a second. Hearing myself there for a second. Forgot to hit the right buttons. Uh, We've got some speakers requesting. Uh, Joel should be joining me as a co-host, I think. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for him. Henry is working the uh, Walcott Jamboree, so I don't know uh, if he'll be able to check in with us or not. Uh, Let me get some speakers in here. Uh, Wojtek, jump in. What's on your mind this morning? Hey, good morning. Uh, you jumped the gun on Twitter space by a minute or so. Um, not according to my clock. I was down to the second. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm in a different time zone then. That um, must be it. Yeah. So, uh, had a fun, interesting, uh, week, uh, spend a couple days, uh, camping at a parking lot, uh, in Grand Junction at a DPF alternatives, uh, shop getting my uh dpf uh colonoscopy (laughs) what an interesting business model company and the process itself isn't that Uh, crazy yeah i've this is the this is the first truck i've had with a dpf and this is the first truck first cleaning of that dpf after it's been long overdue but Man, the shit that came out of that can <laughs> is just amazing. The difference, it, and and the, the the guy Kelly, he who runs the shop, uh, former truck driver, very nice guy, very knowledgeable. Um, he showed me everything and how everything works and explained it all. It's amazing that my truck lasted and and made it to the shop because I've been driving for about two days with the DPF force region needed blinking light for two days uh but never uh derated i don't know if it's uh a feature or something's broke uh, on the truck um but all the everybody i know was uh scaring me that oh my god you're gonna get deer and i was in the middle of uh colorado <laughs> in the boonies and wyoming driving through the canyons and shit everybody was telling me oh my god you're gonna get stranded in the middle of nowhere with no cell signal to call the tow truck uh you can't drive i just well i gotta go so i kept driving and nothing ever happened so yeah made it got that thing clean that's a bad feeling though isn't it don't you hate driving like that yeah definitely uh it was a clincher you know butt clincher type of feeling when you're going up a grade and and the thing (laughs) says um you know (laughs) stupid alarms So, so tell me this the the there are multiple machines involved in this process right multiple steps right how what was roughly the square foot area of where all these machines were sitting in roughly uh his shop was probably if you if you think about i think he said his shop the, the whole office and shop was about 1100 square feet the shop itself was about the size of a three car garage square footage it was a little taller obviously cuz it's, it's in a commercial type of building with a roll-up yeah. door but it wasn't that big and you could probably yeah. and he had plenty of room and you could probably yeah. compress it some more so it's a very I, uh slick operation and, and the machines I, are not that if, huge if you ever wanted to see the minimum space i think this process could be put into its pittsburgh power setup it, it i can't believe how much they got into this area and how efficient it is it's almost like you can stand right in the middle and do all of this stuff without taking very many steps 
Sure. I mean, if you line up the machines, because I think there's at least four machines, four stations that the that the filter has to go through. And if you line them up against the one wall and then on the other side, just with enough room to walk and turn around to make an ergonomic and you set up the flow of work properly, um, it doesn't take I, I mean, you could squeeze it into one car garage, that, that's, you know, type of footprint. That's about the size I think Pittsburgh Powers is. I think it's right. probably about the size of a, a decent one-car garage, and, and they've got all that equipment in there, but it really works. It's really efficient. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he showed me all the, you know, the flow, how the filter flows before and after it was cleaned, and it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go for the, you know, uh, it, dealer, dealer special, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just a, 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 a flush and bake and, and it's, it's, who knows how much. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's funny because we were just talking about this. Uh, in fact, I want to bring Joel in here cause we're going to ask him some questions, but we were just talking about you know, emissions and some of these other things. And the guy made the comment, he's just, he's still trying to get over his fear of emission trucks. And right. I, I understand why uh, you see that process that was developed for this DPF is developed by an aftermarket company. It's incredible. And it works. Why wasn't that the process at the OEM shops from day one? That, 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 that we would have solved a lot of problems. Why didn't the OEM know how to do this process from day one? Hmm. Uh, good question. Uh, part of the reason I think, if we want to give them a little bit of a break, was if, and this goes way back, a lot of people either aren't aware of this or don't remember it, we originally had a date for the first round of emissions, EGR an A-cert for CAD. Um, and technically, it wasn't really the first. They had done some tweaking prior to that. But the first big round was the shift to EGR and A-cert and that kind of stuff. We had a date, but then some of the OEMs got caught cheating their emissions data, the reports they were turning into the government. And the government said, okay, if you want to cheat, we're moving your dates up. And well, all I mean, Kevin, of this I think stuff that- got rushed. I think the OEMs were just taking a page from the CARB's playbook. You know, if, if the CARB is going to cheat, well, exactly. I guess the, the OEMs have to cheat too. I mean, the the, right. the whole CARB debacle was, you know, a, 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 in my opinion, a scandal, but no heads rolled. Nobody got fired. Nobody got fined. Nothing happened. No, no was, was law it, got reversed. Wasn't so, the whole thing dreamed up by a fake scientist? Exactly. It was a fake had a fake PhD, cooked up a bunch of data. The the board of directors of the CARB, they knew, they were fully aware of the fact that he was a he had a fake PhD. He he the, his credentials were fake, and the data was fake. <laughs> to what extent I don't know, but at the time they were voting on this in early two thousands, whenever so, this was, they still voted to go ahead with it based on fake science. I, I just you know, thought of something. It seems a pattern in, in, in the government agencies with this, these non-elected bureaucrats to go ahead and push industry and life-altering legislation and, and, and policies based on fake bullshit, quote-unquote, pseudoscientific data. 
Yeah, we, we seem to have this fascination with fake stuff all of a sudden. Fake food, fake meat, fake women, fake, just it, everything seems to be fake nowadays. Yep. You can't Just trust like anything anymore. I, 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 you know, I, I'm really glad I'm not single. I, I wouldn't have to want to worry about, you know, kind of verifying that it really is a female. Um, I, wa- I won't eat at restaurants that serve fake meat because right. I don't want somebody mixing up my burger. I, you you know, know, I'm really I, worried about for my kids. I have two boys and a girl and they're just young kids. But come, you know, in 10 years when when you know 10 15 years when my kids are quote unquote shopping for a spouse how the hell are you going to know is there a test I'll I'd tell like you. to have a test developed DNA. to see if they're no, if they're vaccinated we, oh yeah vaccinated that's one you're right that's a big one but well, i would require a dna test to verify gender oh no i i i i can tell gender from a mile away it's not uh, I would be very, very careful thinking that. I've oh, some now. Here, here's the problem. You know, think about how most people hook up. It's usually when there's alcohol involved, <laughs> right? So you're not in, you know, the best frame of mind to be judging this. I, I think we should start a DNA company solely for the purpose of verifying gender for people. Huh. Well, uh, I guess now you have a place to stash all your uh, cash. Uh, you have, <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can invest it for you. If I'm sure everybody here will will take a chunk and and, and help you out with that. But yeah. speaking of that gender issue, uh, I don't know if it's just a stereotype um, or is it true, statistically speaking, that some South Asian countries like Thailand, Philippines have a higher proportion per capita of gender confused individuals let's just call i would it believe that. it i would why abs- is that is, is there something uh, something soy. in their culture something in their diet or environment soy. that or do they just have a great uh, you know marketing a uh, strategy for sex tourism it soy kevin you know you got There's... suspended for a week the last time we talked about <laughs> no nobody can suspend me anymore though that's the fun <laughs> thing about this now i'm pretty sure elon doesn't care no. so elon's not going to kick me off twitter for this and nobody can kick me off our own app so i can talk about this uh Wojtek, it's soy i mean what do they eat a lot of they eat a lot of edamame and soybeans oh, and yeah. tofu and that is absolutely um, hormone disrupting food. It, it, in, it encourages estrogen. It creates estrogen dominance. That's why they, we call them soy boys. Now it makes sense. I, I yeah, didn't think I, about that. Yeah, it is their diet. It's heavy in estrogen dominating foods, mostly soy. I'm glad I'm, I'm, glad I'm up Could here that, on, this, also, uh, on this stage right now. I'm, uh, I'm enjoy- come on, jump in. Uh, are we, gonna, are we all going to get banned for this or what? I, you know, I got a week <laughs> off Sirius XM once for talking about this topic. Well, hey, I could use a week off. So yeah, exactly. You guys keep going. Um, I, I wish somebody would give me a week off, but there just isn't anybody to do that anymore either. So, um, all right. I, before we get too far down the weeds on weird stuff, which is fine because it's Friday, um, I've got some serious trucking stuff for Joel. Joel, jump in here. I'm here. Were you listening to the live show this morning? Uh, no, I was making jumps <sighs> and drops. You, and... <sighs> you would have made my life so much easier. Um, I've been pulling my hair out. 
No, no, we, okay. we needed your um, knowledge and expertise on something. And I don't know if I have the caller here with us yet or not. I should have written down who it was because now I forgot. Um, he'll jump in, I think. He called me and he said, hey, and he didn't want to mention the name, but I'm going to. He said, hey, I found some trucks at my local dealer that came off from Ploger. Okay. And, um, you know, what do you know about them? And I said, well, start telling me. And, and as soon as he said they had D11s, I said, I'm interested, but I know nothing. It's an engine I, I wish I knew more about. I don't know. I think it was probably their more local or regional trucks. Um, what can you, is, is that even enough for you to know? Do you need to know what years or? Yeah. No, if they're the D11s, I know what they are, but I'm just. That's what I thought you would. A dealer has them. I, my brother didn't mention that he had traded anything, but um, so if it's the D11s, they're. A uh, direct drive 12 speeds, and the direct drive obviously has the the lower reduction in the uh, in the low gear. Not as low as the 13 or 14 speed, but it's lower than an overdrive. And um, 250 rear end gears or 253s, depending if they're a Dana or a uh, Meritor rear axle. So it's uh, and and both of those are so close, you almost can't tell the difference two mile an hour okay so his question was he was going to be doing and i didn't get real clarity on the operation so maybe you'll jump in but it sounded like um a lot of local stuff but it might be heavy Oop, what's that okay um i'm gonna be rolling through a tunnel here so you may lose me if you haven't already um so you were breaking local, up a little bit before but you sound uh, good right now yeah, give me a minute till I get on the other side of this tunnel, and then I'll be right back on. Okay, that sounds good. So, yeah, the way I kind of understood it, it was going to be local and heavy, maybe. Um, and then he might do some over the road and thought that would be heavy. Like he he was saying, you know, right up to 80,000. So I thought, uh, might be a little bit of a stretch for the 11 liter, but I don't know. I mean, I don't worry about the 11 liter at 80,000 pounds, but is it the most efficient? If it's just occasional loads at 80,000 pounds, it's fine. Um, you know, it, it's really at home at, you know, 65,000-ish is where it really knocks it out of the ballpark. It can run 80,000 pounds every day. It may not be any more efficient than a 13 or a 15 liter. It'll be at least on par with them. That was kind of my thought, is that it, it may not be the most efficient use of that engine, but it's not really that bad. And then, like yeah, you now, said, when, when you're down local, in the, yeah. Local, it's going to blow away the big engines. There's just no doubt. It, it's, it will be better. Um, That's what I thought. Terms of, in terms of fuel efficiency. So running around local, that direct drive D11 is very, very hard to beat. That's going to give any, any powertrain combination a run for its money in terms of efficiency. And it's surprising how snappy that thing is, even with 80,000 pounds running around town. It's, uh, yeah. it's a good, yeah. good pulling little engine. So yeah, absolutely. Good. I, I thought so, you know, and, and the other thing I thought was, um, I doubt that there are very many trucks coming out of that fleet that aren't specced really well for something. No, correct. Yeah, that that that's ex exactly right, and that's that's what the D11 was for. It was for short regional P and D type stuff. If you do go out over the road for it uh, with it, it, it will do okay. Um, it, it's not what the D11 is really designed for to go out over the road, but it, it is capable of doing it. 
will be on par with just about everything else on the road. It may not be better, but it excels in, at the local stuff. That's that's what that engine is it, for. You know what? I would be tempted to buy one of these trucks and play with. I, I would that, be tempted to, to buy one of these, single it out, not, not put in a lift axle, but just single it out, make it a true single axle, and then pull a spread uh, trailer and, you know, see what I could do on just four axles. The truck gotcha. itself should be nice and light. You know, you build a nice lightweight trailer. You could you could easily scale your sixty five thousand. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. that's yep. that's not even a struggle at all. I mean, I've played around with it where you could probably scale as much as anybody else's as far as payload. Um, but is that the best use of a truck like that? Probably not. Right. If you're going to build right. something like this, go out and target that lighter, you know, good paying freight that you, and, and just build an operation around that stuff. Right, right. Well, and, and this is why we put lift axles on truck and trailer, because that gives us the versatility when right. we need it. Otherwise, we just, you know, pick up the axles and roll on three instead of four. You know what I mean? So it, it uh, so the lift axles do give you some added versatility. When you build that dedicated setup like you're talking about, you, you do lose a little oh, bit it's of limited. versatility. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And what yep. I'm looking at is, is a guide like, uh, you or Matt or, you know, some people at Landstar that have a been able to find, you know, dedicated light freight, uh, you know, that's, that is their operation. And mm -hmm. maybe you squeeze a little more efficiency out of it with a setup like this. Mm -hmm. I knew a guy that used to run a, a just, I don't know, he had a dedicated steel coil. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, out of a steel <laughs> mill somewhere. It was the same coil every time. He had three nines with a single axle truck, and that's what he ran it with. And nice. It, it, it worked great for him. Yeah. <laughs> it looked goofy, yep. but it worked yeah, really well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Kevin. All right, Kevin, let's, uh... this TJ here, we have one of those. We have a, it's a three axle with the lift, and it's a D11. Um, and it's it's the lowest maintenance cost truck in the fleet. Yes. And it gets the best. Is it really? It gets the best mile per gallon of all trucks awesome. o otr everything yeah. included so it, it, it's running like 8.7 doing local work in california wow so and california's yeah, that... got some hills like we would we run it from paso robles up to napa and back and so, oh yeah and so there's like That's... some rolling hills there but by gilroy and salinas and all that and then of course yeah the the drivers they're heavy on their foot anyways um so it, it, we abuse it and it's just it holds up and, <laughs> like it held, held up in every way possible the only thing that we had trouble with was the lift axle sometimes because we're running ltl as the weight changes from a certain amount to the next yes. certain amount it yeah, gets confused and it'll scrub shift yes it'll scrub the tires that, that we wore out the front act the lift axle tires you know twice as fast as we did the drive axle uh, for some reason. So I don't know if they got that fixed. I haven't circled back to, to so find out. But the, the, the pressure sensor in that system is, is a dead-end circuit, and it collects dirt and muck down in the pressure sensor. And my experience has been that when that pressure sensor gets a little bit dirty, it seems to get confused. And so yeah. we were replacing the pressure sensor on a fairly regular basis. I can't prove that that was what was happening but it seemed like a pretty strong correlation that if we would change that pressure sensor out as part of preventative maintenance we didn't have a whole lot of problem with that uh 
that wild fluctuation and wanting to set the axle due to dynamic whip, put it in motion. So I, I, I've oh. seen it. I know what you're talking about. TJ, uh, hey. theoretically, the speed limit in California is still 55. Yeah, theoretically, but you know that you, they, there, there's a rule in California that you know where you're supposed to keep up with the flow of traffic as well. So, oh, is that right? And not impede. So, uh, I, you know, I remember I woke up. I, I was driving on I five in the middle of the night, and I I got passed by three CHP cruisers, and I was doing seventy, and I was like, oh wow, hello. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's common hey. common out there on I forty and fifteen, mainly I forty going to Needles because. Like, I mean, what? it's just a, an arbitrary boundary, right? The, the terrain and the traffic is the same in California as it is in Arizona, and the speed limit goes from 55 to 75. Um, so I, until, until they have to catch up on their speeding ticket quota. Yes, sir. And then well, that's when they get yeah. you on the downhill coming into Needles. So, I mean, you can go from that top of the hill right there before Needles going eastbound. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh what is Needles famous for? Uh, I don't know. It's restaurants? <laughs> no, it's really famous. Needles has restaurants? You're kidding. No, it's got like, it's got like two, it's got two good trucker restaurants. I mean, I, that's where I stop. Well, there you go. No, it's, it's famous for something big, too. I can't believe you don't know this. I don't know. I don't keep up on this stuff, man. I'm a trucker. Snoopy's cousin's, no, Snoopy's cousin Spike lives there. Yeah, that's not my wheelhouse. How did you not know that? <laughs> I thought wheelhouse. it was the biggest. I thought it was the biggest ball of belly button lint. It could be too. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's at Spike's house. It's funny. Maybe that's it. So, what I do want to do here, though, real quick, is bring Brad in. Brad, jump in. Brad was the one that wanted to know about the trucks, Joel, so he can okay. give you more details on the operation. Gotcha. Yeah. Hi, Joel. Hey, uh, the trucks have. Uh, it was your friend Jerry over there near Norwalk at some dealership that had them. They're oh, okay, yeah, from two, at, 2000, 2014 Northern, to 2017s. Northern Ohio yep, Truck yep. Center. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Yep, and they're the uh, 2014 through 2017s. Uh, I think the 2014s had the had the rear axle that was the lift instead of the front one. Well, it doesn't and lift, fifth, but it is weight shifting. Correct. Yes. Um, yep, okay. The, the, but I was probably interested because I think didn't didn't Volvo change all their emissions in 2016? Uh, or what year? There did... may have been an update right around there. Um, I, I'll tell you on the D11, if you don't idle it, you're not going to have emission problems anyway. I mean, if you idle okay. idle the hell out of it, you may plug up the the EGR cooler potentially, but you're not going to have a lot of emission problems with the. You're not going to have a lot of problems. Period with the D11. Okay, I don't mind being. Right now, I'm running a 99 Mac with a 355 horse engine. So, mm -hmm. being last to the top of the hill is not only, you know, normal; it's expected. So, I'm not mm -hmm. real concerned about that. Uh, these yeah, are rate. Looks like they're. Go ahead. If you're not in a hurry, the D11 is a good engine. Where the D11 will give you fits is with that direct drive setup. If you want to run 70 or 75 mile an hour, if you plan on running that fast, find a different truck because now your piston speed's going to be through the friggin' roof, and then then you will start to have some issues with it. Um, if you're running between 57 and 62, it's going to knock it out of the ballpark. 62 to 68 you're going to do okay but anything over 68 mile an hour if you're going to be running that with a direct drive you got to be careful okay could a guy alleviate a little bit of that with uh maybe a large going to 22 talls I if would. it did change uh, 
it, it or, yeah, I, or, or I would or I would lose it. I would lose it on the stiffness on the. <sighs> Probably not. I mean, what about it, it, what about low pro twenty fours? It'll be a break even things in terms of fuel efficiency, but it's going to lower your piston speed. There is no doubt that bigger tire changes the overall gear ratio. So it will lower the piston speed, and it will help to some degree. You're only talking about 50 RPM, though, right in that neighborhood going from a low pro okay. 22.5. So it's it's not going to be that dramatic. Will it help? Yeah, because and, you are lowering piston speed, but it, it's not going to be – you know, something you're really, really going to notice. And here's the other consideration in that idea. Um, you're not going to gain much unless you really do want to push that speed a little bit more. It's going to help you when you try to do that. The other thing to keep in mind, though, the way our supply chain's been and tires, uh, a lot of manufacturers are, are only running their most popular sizes that it, we're, we're seeing issues on off-size tires and mm -hmm. the most popular tire is a low pro 22.5 they're the easiest to get they're most available you get to the tall 22s or the low 24s you start to see some supply chain issues start to see not as much credit when you turn them in so there there is another thing to keep in mind there okay yeah okay. if if you're going to be out 70 mile an hour plus all the time you, you may want to look in another direction but if you're under 70 and if especially if you're at 65 they're going to do very well for you okay yeah i never go more than about 65 anyway yeah then you're fine the occasional bump up over 70 and here's the thing if you're running heavy a lot <laughs> when you're pulling hard um you, you do all right because you, you still have that heat in the in the emission system so um if if you're pulling hard right. uh the speed may not be as much of a factor as well Hey, um, I'm sorry, guys. We I just had a request from Neil. Um, he wants us to get off this, you know, these foo-foo topics and talk again about where the best free snacks are for Driver Appreciation Week. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any input? Kevin, I don't know where the best ones are, but I've been promising you for years that I'm going to mail you that hot dog from the PA or Petro. <laughs> and I think I'm just going to do it this year because we appreciate you so much. And we need, you need to share this awesome appreciation, well, of spreading wait, the appreciation wait. around. I, I will accept that uh, with one condition. You can't, you can't mail it. You have to drive by on 84 and throw it out the window and I'll be out there to catch it. So, How's that? So do you guys like feel extra appreciated that week or what? Hey, Reed, have you heard my rant? No, but I want to. Here, here's my rant. Because <laughs> I did it twice yesterday. Yesterday was my day to do this rant. Um, I do it every year. I've been doing it for about a decade or more. Um, and I didn't even realize it. I saw an ad for Truck Driver Appreciation Week. So I thought, well, it must be coming up. It's not till the end of September. What the hell are they doing advertising it already? This is nothing but bullshit well, did virtue the ATA, signaling did the from ATA the trucking industry. Yeah, yeah. Here's how it started. The ATA is nothing but a bunch of executives from big fleets. They're all sitting around going, what the hell are we going to do? We have 110% turnover. We're running out of um, new people to try to drag into this industry. What can we do? Uh, well, we can't pay them more, so forget that. Um, what else do they want? Well, they want some respect. They want better working conditions. Let's give them a free hot dog once a week and have a company barbecue 
where all of the office staff is out there eating and about 1% of our drivers are there. Let's do that. That will work. So they spend a million dollars a year promoting this bullshit virtue signaling. Here's the two big problems for me. I don't appreciate every truck driver. There's a bunch of dirt bags out there that I don't want to show any appreciation to. And number two, if you tell me you appreciate everybody, what you're really telling me is you appreciate nobody. If you really appreciate somebody, like here's here's my thought. Um, Reed, you work in the trucking industry, right? I like to think so. Do you drive a truck? <laughs> Fuck no. No, I don't either. I used to, so I'm very well aware of that whole thing. I did my million plus miles, but I don't anymore. I am here to support the people that drive trucks. The, the freight industry is about moving freight from point A to point B. Who does that? Drivers do that. The rest of us are here to support them. Why not, rather than free hot dogs and barbecues for a week, why not the rest of us just show up every day and do our job well and serve them well? Hey, how about that for Kevin, appreciation? Kevin, that makes way too much sense, man. God, well, how, yeah. How about this? So if they appreciate drivers and we're all heroes, how about just letting us use a bathroom from time to time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, come on. I, I, right. I got one better than that, Kevin. Go ahead. They talk like we're Medal of Honor winners. At night, yet you can't use the bathroom. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> if, if they appreciate us so much, why don't the brokers just be transparent and show us what they're making? Easy on the brokers. <laughs> oh, boy. Now you did it. Now you did it. It's just you're stirring the fucking pot. That's all easier to do. He sure is because he doesn't believe that for a second. <laughs> You, oh, you, you feeling a little ornery today, today are you, Taylor? Well, you know I've been home is. for 10 days, Kevin, and I've missed you guys. Got it. We don't get the respect because we, we, we aren't unionized. We need to unionize. That's what it is. <laughs> well, we, we, yeah. don't get, we don't get the respect because in a lot of instances, we don't respect ourselves. You know what I mean? There you and, go. And, Come and on. There, is, let, there's the obvious the answer. Yes. Right. Yes. You, right. You know, we don't we don't have enough respect for our own industry and we don't respect ourselves. And, you know, th- that is the and, basic problem. And here's all I have to do on Truck Driver Appreciation Week to get even more pissed off. All I have to do is go drive on the highways for a little bit. <laughs> I'll find all those drivers that don't deserve a damn hot dog. <laughs> Hey, if anybody oh, if anybody shit. wants to uh, start some more appreciation weeks, uh, I'm down. I mean, I did that lumper appreciation week uh, as a joke in May. There you go. And and I I can't <laughs> tell you how many fucking people on LinkedIn took it seriously and like DM me like pissed off. It was so uh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know you, you know one of the things that's really becoming funny. It's becoming harder and harder to identify satire. That's hey, I got a question for Reed. Um, I saw you got monetized on Twitter. How do I get some of that cheese? <laughs> All you got to do is just post really fucking funny memes, get like 20 likes, and Elon will send you like 25K, man. It's really easy. Hey, so, so hey. How, how do. How do I get my job done at the same time? Because this seems like a full-time job on Twitter. Well, you're gonna make you're gonna make so much money on Twitter. You don't need to drive anymore. Yeah, exactly. Are, are those like uh, imaginary coins that Twitter's given out? No, man. It's it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's you it's you won. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so why drive truck? 
Just go talk about driving trucks soon, on Twitter. Pretty soon we're going to have to do a, uh, a tweeter, tweeter Appreciation hey. Week. Hey, or a titter, a titter appreciation week. Um, (laughs) Bot appreciation week. Here's the obvious question. When is broker appreciation week? Bro, I could fucking start that. We could start that like right now. They make so much money. They don't need an appreciation week. Okay. (laughs) Well, well, shouldn't, shouldn't we appreciate them for being so damn brilliant? They make all this money. I was more thinking a double broker appreciation week. There you go. There you go. Uh, hey, Reed, you're in charge. Get that thing going. Uh, I, I have I have a very credible voice. I could put that out, no problem. Hey, Reed, yeah. are are you offering free hats to all of them? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, I want I, 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 I need a hat, Reed. I, I don't want to get one. You, you got to go be a broker. Uh, yeah, that's. Hey, I, I'm propo- I'm going to propose a rule. If there's a podcast, a trucking podcast, there could only be one person wearing that hat at a time. No, no. I don't. No, fuck no, dude. They all need to wear it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious, Reed. How, how, how does a man get a hat like that? We got a website uh, or, yeah, yeah. or something. Get out, get out your credit card. He'll sell you yeah, one right yeah, now. Yeah, I, have, uh, I, I, got, I got a website, <laughs> Taylor. They, you can DM me the link, man. I'm happy to take your money in hey, exchange no, for a No, no. Hold, hold on. Hold yeah. on, Reed. I, I got this figured out. A lot of you may not know about this feature on Twitter Spaces, but I do. I can put you two in a private room, I promise. Taylor, just give him your credit card number right now, and then you'll get your hat. Yes, please please tweet a picture of your credit card right now so I can bill you. <laughs> oh, yeah, put it, just put it so, up in the nest. I'll, I'll make it private for you two. I'll, 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 I'll bullshit aside. Every time I see somebody like selling merch that I, that I have somewhat of respect for i always buy their coffee cups or their t-shirts or their hats and uh hey hey taylor i'm gonna put you on the spot here i'm about to go check our sales records have you bought from our store (laughs) i have not i have not i've been slacking i've been slacking well he did uh, say he only buys from people he respects that's what i'm that's what i'm wondering i know no kevin you know you know you're one of my my heroes yeah but no But if you go back through my profile, I'm, I'm always wearing somebody else's hat, you know. So let me tell you the first two things you should buy from our store. What's that? You, sh- you should buy the monkey brittle and the maple cinnamon nut butter and then eat them together. It's life changing. I, I have a problem mentally eating anything called nut butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Taylor. I got, I got some nut butter in my store too, man. <laughs> yeah, we we yeah. sell a lot of nut butter. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> we sell a lot of that stuff. Kevin, yeah. I have a product uh, idea for you. What's that? Uh, make ha- get together with Cardio Miracle and make little have them make you little packets of Cardio Miracle, like single servings, but call it Kevin's Kool Aid. Oh, that's brilliant. I thought he was going to say like that. made by hand. <laughs> <laughs> hand whip nut butter. My, you might, I'm you trademarking, might as well just sell. I'm trademarking that right now. 
You, you guys are not helping yeah, our nut butter sales. Gonna, I can tell you that. That's all we're going to give away you get, during Truck Driver Appreciation Week is Kevin's nut yeah. <laughs> My Hey, you know, for a while I was trying to convince the team that our tagline should be, you're going to love my hey, nuts. Hey, how, how, how well does nut butter pair with a roller dog from, uh, from TA? Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on here. It's really good as long as you also put dill pickles on. Kevin's meaty dog with hand whipped <laughs> nut butter for driver appreciation week. <laughs> Kevin's we are nut on butter. something here. Kevin's nut butter made, made with these. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to drive while you're laughing that hard, isn't it? Jeez, I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh, wow. I think we can ah. say this is officially going off the rails. It absolutely yeah, it's, is. It's, we've run into both ditches. This is hey, my as standard is just to stay between there. the ditches. Yeah, yeah. We, we've hit both ditches. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, where, now, where do we go from there? Holy cow. Uh, Neil, you, I think you started this. Jump in here. And I had no part of this. I was just no. Hungry. I'm pretty sure you started this. <laughs> Got to blame somebody, well, right? <laughs> well, I'm thinking if you want to like rename your rant on Twitter, it could be you know tits and tires or titter and tires. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have plenty of time to rant about Truck Driver Appreciation Week since they're pushing it in July and it doesn't happen. Right, wait, do they really? Oh, they did just do a tweet about the ATA did a tweet about this yeah. a couple of days ago. And, That's and what you brought can, like, it up. Buy, you can like buy a T-shirt did, for a driver, isn't that what it was? Uh, uh, oh yeah, they, they have T-shirts this year. That's yo, right. That's new. Yo, ta- uh, but you're buying them. Yo, Taylor, don't. Hell, if they really the appreciate it, Taylor, don't buy. If they really appreciate us, they should give it to them. From the ATA. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't buy Kevin's hey, nut butter. Uh, Just look, go buy that. Instead. It, it, if if we want to get a little more controversial on this, um, did anybody notice anything unusual about the picture in that ad? It was diverse. It was very diverse. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> it a little bit gay. Oh hell! Let, you know what's funny? Let me let me retweet that with that comment on there. There you the go. Meme. So so this is this is a true story. I just seen somebody post a meme of that of that movie uh, where that little boy says girls have vaginas and <laughs> men have penises. Yeah, and and they fact checked it to be false. Yeah. <laughs> oh <seen> please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But Kevin, you want to be brave and you want to go all out for a great name? Just call it. You know how you know how bars like jack your beer up to keep the riffraff out, you know, and the yeah. shitholes have tea beer. Well, if you wanted to do that same philosophy with the trucking groups, just call it fucking trucking. <laughs> hey, I, I, I guarantee, I guarantee you'll attract a crowd that shits in Ziploc so- bags. Speaking of that, I'm going to do a little survey here. Anybody can jump in with their opinion on that. Um, I have a, I don't know why this bothers me so much. What does everybody think about when they use the word trucker? <laughs> does that bother anybody else? I don't know why that bothers uh, me. I just do not like that word. They don't really bother me, but I always, uh, I always, always you know, I always emphasize that I'm an owner operator every time somebody calls me a trucker, I, but I see where I, you're going with that. You know, and I do like to distinguish when I talk owner-operator because if you confuse the two with the issues I'm talking about, they're two totally different worlds. Uh, so I like to clarify that. But I do work with a lot of truck drivers. I, I don't know. I just prefer driver much more than trucker. 
Or I refer we, to myself as a specialized transport technician. Yeah, and you got paid more immediately, didn't you? Yeah, of course. That, that's exactly like Capstone calling their lumpers the tactical operations team. <laughs> you, know, you know what I got that was the most fucked up, pissed off thing I got? I was filling in for a route, stopped at a truck stop, and I know they meant well, but they were handing out bags for drivers to show how much they appreciated them. It wasn't even freaking driver appreciation week. Fucking bag had like breath mints and soap and fucking deodorant and mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? There, 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 there's no subliminal message there. I promise. <laughs> and that is pretty fucking direct. Is what it that was. is that is kind of offensive, isn't it? But honestly, I, I get it. I I can see that. Uh, so Kevin, there's a big the bag too. I think I still have the shit. Uh-oh, everybody was talking at once there. Go ahead, yeah, Joe. I'm, I'm on the West Virginia Turnpike here, and there's an accident, and apparently somebody opened Kevin's bag of nut butter and got it in their eyes, and they crashed. Hopefully you get to stop on the downhill, not the uphill. I am on the downhill, actually. So Good. There you go. Good. Yep. Those are short, steep hills there. I'm very yeah. familiar with that. Yeah, all is not lost. I'm on the downhill. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Perfect. All you have to paper? do is kick that thing into neutral and get going. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, 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 so we brought up the bad truckers. Now, what, what qualifies a good trucker? What, what catches your attention with a good trucker? When you look at somebody in the truck stop, you just know he's a good trucker. What is that that you see? Uh, the first thing for me is just appearance, just general appearance. And look, I, I'm not all that picky. You can wear all kinds of different things. It doesn't have to be, you know, a work shirt and steel-toed boots. But uh, just, just general appearance tells you an awful lot about people. And look, I, I, I will admit that some of my neighbors probably think I'm homeless the way I wander around the neighborhood sometimes. But, um, you know, that's here at home. I try not to do that kind of stuff when I go out in, in the real public. How, I, no, here's, here, I know what it is. The, the real trucker is the guy that's using his Jake break in the parking lot. <laughs> there you, you go. You know what's funny about that? You know what's funny about that is Wiley Deck, when he was acting FMCSA director, did not know that a Jake Brake was a brand name. <laughs> Honest yeah. to God. Uh, what do they know? Seriously. Hey, can I? Let me ask you guys something. So I'm assuming this entire room has seen Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, I was trying to come up with uh, what that movie, if it were to be made now, like what would be the plot, right? Like, obviously, we're not talking about bootlegging Coors anymore. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> what can we be bootlegging? What's the vehicle? Like, what's the plot? I have my idea. I got it. All, but I'll well, let you go. well, I was going to say. I have mine. I have mine. I want to uh, put this in a set of doubles for just for something different, since I have a lot of experience with doubles. The front trailer is going to be human smuggling, and the back trailer is going to be drugs. I was just going to say smuggling uh, illegals from the border, but the Biden's exactly. already doing that for us on our dime. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, if, put, put that aside for a second. Testosterone suppressants to... All there right, you go. Indiana. So, so what? Something that's like somewhat reasonably able to be passed, like through the the, the movie machine. 
Well, wait a minute. You, your timing is really bad. Didn't Hollywood just go on strike? We'll just have. We'll just You're never going to get we'll this just movie have made. Make it. Oh, there hey, you go. <laughs> you want to talk about something funny? Okay, just Google politically correct Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> 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 I'm afraid. <Yeah. laughs> I'm so, very afraid. Oh, there's a skit. I think it was Saturday Night Live did with the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, with some actors, you know, and it was all politically correct. So they put the rainbow flag on top of the General Lee and and, and made uh, uh, Uncle Jesse's chili was meat free for the vegans <laughs> and all that. <laughs> oh, it, it's freaking hilarious. Hey, I, I'm looking around for somebody. I don't see him on this call. He's usually here, uh, but I don't see him. He can really help us. Oh, there he is. Mm. He um, he can help us with this movie. He's kind of a, a uh, classic, well, like movie car, like Kit and all the famous movie cars and the famous trucks. He, like, collects these and he travels all over the country and he goes to shows. We should make him the, the uh, director, I think. There you go. Well, you asked for it. Here it is. I'm ready to roll, Bo. Hey, man. Before we go, I got something to show you. What's that? Look, it turns the fly. <laughs> it's a rainbow, rainbow with a unicorn flag on top of the General Lee. Oh, is, Dave, uh, is that not? Danny? Yeah, is, is that not funny or what? Yeah, it is. We uh, so who's going to be the graphic designer for our trailer? Given this, then the trailer in Smokey and the Bandit is like undefeated. That thing is sweet. I don't know if anyone's going to be I able know, to we, top that. We got to top that. Come on, there, with, with everything going on today, we've got to be able to top that. Why don't we, just, if, why don't we just use, borrow a trailer from Bud Light? We could just put uh, <laughs> Kevin, we could just put Kevin's <laughs> nut butter on the side of it or something like that. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna <laughs> love what, my nuts. That's what they're smuggling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna other, we're gonna smuggle nut butter, butter and, and you were pushing your your nut butter for a while, and then there was a couple of weeks where you were really pushing lubricant. I'm not like sure how to connect the two. Come on, just use your imagination. A little concerned here, so yeah, yeah no. you could be, could be. So no, maybe, is, I think there, what he's asking for Kevin is for an instructional video. Here's what I think the theme should be. So. We, we're not going to do one run across the country. How boring is that? We're going to get multiple trucks to start heading in all directions and pick up all the Bud Light they can find sitting around. We're going to bring <laughs> it back, and we're going to recan it into Modella bottles, and we're going to make a fortune. Because now there the number go. one beer in America is actually a Mexican beer. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> Do you, do you really think they're not doing that already, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's like Bush Light or something. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's my, that's my theme. We're, we're going with the, we're going to re, re-bottle all the Bud Light and make a fortune. No, I got a theme. plan. Well, Go ahead. Oh, you can hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. My speaker icon was showing up. Well, I say for your theme for the new Smokey and the Bandit is right before California is going to ban red meat, you send a guy out there in a hooded truck with no ELD, with no DPF, nothing on it. He's hauling the last load of red beef into California before and, the deadline. And 
we have to have four brokers involved in every load. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, the load, the load the is quadruple brokered. Yes. Check, yeah, check, that's check a your DM, Kevin. <laughs> do, you, do you want them to smother nut butter all over their chest in the video too? <laughs> hey, Kevin, check, uh, let's, check your DM. Oh, oh, I got it. That's pretty hilarious. It's the uh, the Bud Light covered up with a Coke or Pepsi. Is that Pepsi? Yeah, it says. Yeah, it's a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, you 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 managed to get both of these topics in one picture. So. The headline is lifting a girl's skirt in 2023, and it shows them sliding up the Pepsi, and you can see Bud Light under it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, it must be Friday. I swear, we must all be a little overstressed. <laughs> it could be. I'm probably in TJ's well territory. I've uh, been up 30 hours recovering loads, fixing trucks. And still not All right, done. so I have uh, I've brought in a couple new speakers, so uh, let's hear some new voices here. Jump in. Anybody? Hey, what's, uh, yeah, what's up? It's Terrence. Can you hear me? What's on your mind today? Yep. Uh, just back to when you, when you were talking about, like, uh, you know, what identifies a truck driver and all that. So uh, I, I work at a, a, dump, a dump, dump truck. I drive a uh, dump trailer. But every, 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 every uh, month we have a safety meeting, and... Three, at least three or four guys show up in shorts and sandals. Now, with this, mind you, we're hauling it to concrete plants <laughs> uh, all over the place. And every month, they sit there and say it, and every month, there's three different people, four people come in with shorts on. It's like, you can't, I don't understand how you don't realize that after, like, you know, and some of, they, they, some of these people don't last, obviously. But, you, you, you know, you, you're working in that industry, and, and it goes back to, you know, the flip-flop wearing and all that, man. I, I just don't – I don't get people's so, – So instead of fighting about the whole flip-flop shorts, that kind of crazy stuff, wife beaters, whatever people are wearing to drive, track suits, um, why don't we just do what they've done in the office? Let, let's just have casual Friday. You can do that all you want on Friday. <laughs> or we can, ju- or we can just come out with a line of steel-toe flip-flops. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Those, the, those would go great with your hats. Got it. All right. I'll, I, next product line. And then that, that big steel toe at the front of the flip-flop gives you a place to put please advise. No, it's got to be clogged. <laughs> Oh, oh, Crocs, steel toe Crocs. Hey, don't, don't, don't start uh, on the Crocs. I have a collection of them. I mean, I'm, I'm actually be surprised if there weren't steel toe Crocs already. Yeah, don't, don't be dissing the Crocs. Not only do I have Crocs, I have Croc charms. What about trucker appreciation <laughs> panties for men? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 the tagline can be protect your nut butter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Joel. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, we spoke a couple weeks ago before we went on the Twitter thing, and I was talking about uh, my international with my X-15 and how it uh, quickly shifts down as I'm even looking at a hill. Mm-hmm. Kind of oh, got dude. cut off. Both you and I got cut off at the same time. Okay. I don't know if you remember that. Sure. But uh, I was kind of wondering because the RPMs jump up to like 1,600 RPMs from mm-hmm. going like 1,200 RPMs. Don't we want 
try and keep the RPM down to like 14 and a half, maybe 1500. Well, well here, here's the thing. So you have different power curves for all the different engines nowadays. In a Volvo engine, peak horsepower happens at about 1,260 RPM. Cummins has two versions. They have their, what do they call it, their um, efficiency series, I guess, and then their performance or uh, some nomenclature like that. One of them makes peak horsepower at 1,400 RPM. The other one makes it at around 1,600 RPM. The okay. Detroits typically make peak horsepower right around 1,500 RPM. So in order to get the performance that you're expecting out of the truck, um, if you have a 500-horsepower truck and you start to put down-sped gearing in it, then you have to be able to bring that RPM up to actually use the horsepower. The OEM will not sell you a truck that, the, you can't reach peak horsepower on with the transmission and gear ratio that you selected. So, okay. you know, a lot of times people are wondering, well, you know, why are they selling a truck with 455 horsepower and 1,850 pound feet of torque when you can do a 500, 1,850? All that horsepower right. comes at higher RPM. And in order to get to it, then you have to make the truck shift in order to reach that point to get the horsepower out of the truck. Okay. If you want okay, efficiency, then yes, you want to run it lower. But with the power curve the Cummins has, a lot of times it's going to be very lackluster at those lower RPM. Right. Okay. Well, I'm just wondering because I noticed that, you know, when they did their uh, tuning over the, you know, net and all that, they suddenly mm -hmm. started doing that on certain hills and all that. Because mm -hmm. before it run down to like 1100 and all that, and then shift up, and and when I got down to 1100, it still wasn't, you know, uh, shall we say like the vibration and all that. Mm -hmm. You can kind of feel it when it gets to that point. Mm -hmm. But then I started doing that, and I was like, well, why are you doing that now? Because <laughs> I noticed also that the uh, exhaust on it, the uh, tip on the exhaust started having white on it, and then because the it has the downspout on the bottom there. That yep. the frame was getting all white from the same thing, so I was just Oops. wondering, is that a bad thing or not? Well, that's what's... that's ammonia slip is what that is, and that's generally not a good thing. It's an indication that there is something wrong. How severe it is, hard to say. Is the truck throwing any type of codes or anything? No, it's not throwing any codes at all. Yeah, a lot of times you'll get some ammonia slip, um, and it's pretty minor, but it builds up over time. Um, right. But if it's, I mean, if if it's showing up on the side of the frame and whatnot, you've you've got yourself a problem. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, okay. Yeah, probably in the SCR, someplace, you, you you definitely have an issue if you're getting that much ammonia slip. Right. Okay. I was just wondering because it, it wasn't doing that before it started shifting like that. That's why I was. You know, well, a lot asked. of times they'll do updates over the air or to go into the dealership and they'll do updates and they'll just do a massive update and it'll change 40 different parameters that you may not even know existed or even ask the change and they just decide to update everything and it it's not unusual for a lot of these trucks with automated manuals to go in for a simple update and it completely changes the personality of the truck and right. maybe it's better maybe it's not and it sounds like that's kind of what happened with, yeah. with you and 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 so what they may have been looking at now if you're telling me you've got ammonia slip that's 
that's telling me that you're running higher knocks and you're using a lot of depth. And so when you bring uh-huh. piston speed up, temperature and combustion chamber goes down and NOx usage goes down. So maybe they're addressing your ammonia slip through higher RPM and reduced, uh, reduced combustion temperatures, which would mean lower NOx coming out of the cylinder. And so, mm-hmm. you know, just, just wild guess, you know, maybe on, on an update they were doing something like that. It's hard to say. Right. Okay. I was just sure asking situation. Absolutely. Okay, well, thanks for your information. Can I add to that? You mind if I add to that? You yeah, mind go if ahead. I add to that? Yeah, sure. uh, Joel. Yeah, if you're talking like an international LT with the next 15, um, you know, on the same dial where you can uh, choose the uh, the level of of uh, engine brake that you use, you can manually shift up and down the gears, especially even right after it engages the jake. So, I mean, that that's one option. Uh, he's absolutely correct about the. You know, there's like. Right now, currently, you know, they keep telling us about this supply chain issue. And, you know, well, that's a whole nother story. But so they say that these filters are a problem and they're just running these tractors through the default um, to, uh, you know, just like kind of kind of bypass. I've always found the best solution for um, the deaf system issue is to just delete it. But you know, right. we we all know that you can't do that in every yeah, case. I, I can't. And do that, uh, but yeah, also see, it's a company truck, and the issue with that is sometimes if I catch it before it actually, I mean, right as as it's shifting, I can get, keep from doing that. But otherwise, if I don't catch it soon enough. It locks in there, and it'll stay right there. And if I mess up oh, once yeah. and, and I shift it down rather than up, it drops down a whole nother gear. I'm like, yep. oh, my mm. gosh, what is going on here? Yeah, with those updates, like, just like I think Kevin said that, man, they, man, they change a bunch of stuff to try to – see, their solution-based their solution, um, uh, based codes or, or or upgrades for issues that are already happening to preempt the issue later and usually the issue just makes something else worse um uh, again the yes. whole death system is just an industry to disparage the driver even more it's another say middleman <laughs> in the game yeah. like the four brokers and the six DMs and the nobody you ever know when you're, you know, getting 55 phone calls when you're trying to deliver a fucking load. So, so here's, and, oh, the movies. What's the interesting mo- about them. Oh, I'm Go sorry. Ahead. I just real quick. The reason why I want to talk originally was the movies you guys were mentioning and this whole strike thing. I want to let you guys know uh, I'm heavily invested in uh, a movie theater company and they are putting out currently. Most of us are probably aware of this type of behavior. Uh, it's happening in politics too. They're putting out a bunch of crap to try to manipulate um, investors and perception um, across the board. Uh, they just outright lie about all this stuff. Now, are movies being produced? Absolutely. And they are being produced and they are bangers right now, currently. And the thing is, is that they're saying that all these directors and all these actors and all these you know, they're part of this society that they have to conform with this strike. Well, not all of them are. And only the ones, and most of it's just bullshit, but, but all the ones that are, are supporting the destruction of everything we've known and come to love. 
So um, you just put that into, into your pipe and smoke it, I guess. That's, uh, that would probably be a good thing to do when you think about the movies. So, so I read something yesterday, and I, don't, I haven't confirmed if it's true or not, but they were talking about doing uh, scanning the actors for AI, and basically they don't need the actors anymore. Just it'll all be on AI. They can make movies yeah. with their AI. It's exactly the same technology they're using when they, uh, like if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings with Gollum, that character in there, it's kind of just like that, but they can use different points. Now they can just use a prior recording or they don't even have to have the person. So they use that type of CGI uh, with uh, Zelensky now, pers- uh, you know, not to make it all political or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could probably talk shit about Buttigieg and nobody would, would have a problem, but that's what they do. So when Zelensky's talking on the screen, it's not really him anymore. He's probably dead. I don't know. But that's what they do. And, and that's what they can do with these actors you know, like stunt doubles, but now with computers. And you're absolutely right. They are literally doing that. It's a scary it's time. Deep fake. It's called yep. the deep fake. And yes, the, it is, sir. The, it the, is. The, uh, yeah. The, the deep fakes are very, very scary. You know, people like us that pay attention, talk about this stuff, think it through. We're at least aware. So what that means is you really can't trust videos you see anymore. But right. what about all the people that aren't aware? And are never aware of anything. Well, it's our duty to make them aware in, uh, in, in any way we can, I think. My opinion. Well, I, then I think I need to walk around with a big club because you're just going to have to smack people upside the head to get them to pay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else um, seems to speaking work. Speaking of uh, deepfakes, I just shared a uh, – this was an ad that somebody had sent me that they had seen on their Twitter timeline. Um, the woman in the video, I don't know if her face is fake or what, but her, her mouth movements, her voice, everything is fake. That's that's just so scary. Now, there's there's lots of reasons it's scary. One I have to be concerned about. It's scary because you can't trust the video. So I can live with that. I'll go read instead because I'd rather read to watch videos. What bothers me is now I have to, you know, I, I went through two years of a stalker who ultimately got me kicked off SiriusXM. I made the comment, but I've made far worse comments than that many, many times, and nobody ever (laughs) blinked. So the stalker was actually successful in getting a 15-year contract canceled. What would that guy have been able to... And he did all kinds of fake emails that looked like they were coming from us, ads that looked like they... They put a lot of work into this. What would he have been able to accomplish with deep fake videos? Oh, sky's the limit because what's right. funny what's it's, funny about this video here is like you know, anyone in this uh, space looking at it is going to like sniff out the bullshit a mile away. They're saying it's, you know, um, Americans, U.S. trucks, blah, blah, blah. But the, it's like obviously a European cab over. But <laughs> I think that's what's saving a lot of people right now. They're so lazy and there's like almost no effort put into it. Get somebody with like some real motivation and, oh. and like knows what they're talking about and what uh, they're doing. Good God. They could destroy somebody. Yeah. I think, think, and they've been doing that, uh, Kevin. They've been doing that. And it's a really sad thing. I've seen it done over and over again with people I personally talk to uh, on a regular basis. And uh, if they did uh, get, and they have been already, that's what I want to say. In my opinion, what I see is that they have already. And now it's brought to this point where you can kind of see it. You can kind of see it and tell because, listen, people need to be made aware of this stuff, even if 
on the back end, the, the, the battle is won because now you have to bring online all these people that aren't aware. And it's so blatantly obvious that it's a fake that almost any person that has been washed in their brain can see. So uh, I think just, you know, on another level, that's the plan. They need to bring everybody online because when they start hanging all these people, uh, it can't cause war. You see, I'm sorry if I brought it to a place where you guys don't want to go, but that's what I, oh, well, it's, I, I it's a real hard sell though, because um, truth it is. one truth is asymmetrical. You know, if you're, I'm just going to pick on CNN for a minute, but if you're a brand like say CNN and you've been on the air for 20 plus years and all it takes is one flub from you and you've lost somebody's trust forever. You are never, ever, ever getting it back. And that, and that, holds, that yep. holds true for any person, uh, any brand, you name it. You know, as soon as you slip up and somebody has lost your trust. Dan Rather is a really good example. My God. My dad probably watched Dan Rather every day when I was growing up. But when um, he did that story about George Bush and then it finally came out that it was all wrong. Um, it was all fabricated. My dad was like, okay, fuck Dan Rather. I'm never listening to a thing he says for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's tough. So, so um, it takes an awful long time to build trust, but it doesn't take very long to tear it down yeah, at all. So to say, that, so to say right. that like brands or companies or whatever are using deep fakes to push an agenda and stuff, one, that's, that's really, one is really hard. People, can, people are like autistic enough that they can like spot this shit like a mile away. Uh, if you remember, was it last week or the week before, there was that young lady that went viral. Her Twitter bio said that she was a, a, Joe, a former Joe Biden staffer. And, like, the account was obviously fake. Like, the, the her face was AI-generated. Um, it was, like, a troll account. And I think they somebody was able to, like, track it down to some uh, research firm in, like, stop, um, I want to say, like, somewhere overseas, basically. Um, it's what made that believable, though, is she had 350,000 exactly. followers. But she, she did it by, like, kind of gaming the system. She talked the talk. She knew how to, like, schmooze to people online. And it's, it's like, you know, not to say that you're not real, Taylor. Obviously, you're a real person. But she basically just did what you did, but with uh, politics instead of truck driving. Yep. And the, the reason why I, I, like, am, am privy to this, exactly what you're talking about, is because I deal with the market manipulation stock markets every single day and i'm involved in fighting exactly what you're talking about every single day so it is it is happening it's happening on a huge scale in many subjects and sectors across the board and you're spot yeah. on they are fake there's a, they have following there's, there's a really big one they but, uh, are there's a, there's a game yep. called runescape and for the ever since the game was launched the developers of the game have, have been trying to fight bots from the beginning because as a player if you're inside this game you can clearly tell whether or not someone's a real person or a bot the problem now is bots are so damn good that as a player when you jump into a game and there's like a bunch of other players in there you don't know if they're real or not it doesn't matter correct they the developers love the bots now because it makes it look like their games are actually being played and people are like incentivized to keep spending money in the game like they don't they don't want somebody coming to the game and seeing that there's like four other people on the server and they're like okay screw this and leave but if you hop on and there's like 250 active players and everybody's looking like they're having a good time you're like all right sweet i can hang out and do this <laughs> so it's, it's completely it's completely that's the, uh, that's the yeah, it's completely flipped the incentives I, of, the, of the developer I, 
I, I'm sorry, guys. You have convinced me. I, I am canceling all my subscriptions. I'm taking a sledgehammer <laughs> to my phone and my laptop, and I'm done. I'm checking out of all of this stuff. <laughs> Good work. I, I, I just want to know what, what grown men are doing playing video games. Hey, well, you can always tell the difference between the playing, bots. They're playing video be, games because they, they have their soy butter. smoothie. Hey, hold on a second. Guys, I, I I, I'm going to push back on this. Taylor? Taylor? Yes, sir. So I want to give you a little history here. Um, you and I are pretty close to the same age, seems like. Um, we were really the original video game generation, right? Pong came out when I was like 12, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah what's this so, wee shit? You got a mouse in your pocket? Yeah. <laughs> listen to him now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you a case of nut butter. <laughs> but, but no, but no, so, I, no listen, I, I get it. Listen, I get so, video game. No, play. no. Listen, so I played a lot of video games then. Um, I was the Asteroid King. Um, my sister actually was the manager of a department store in town, and they had an Asteroid machine out in the lobby. And I would go. I never went to class. I would, to, you know, I had six study halls and. Then I would just skip the one class I was supposed to go to. But then I would want to go back for sports. So I just had to hang out and find something to do. So I started playing Asteroids. Well, my sister, the, when the guy would come to collect all the money out, there'd be a bunch of slugs in there. And he'd take the slugs and give them to my sister. And then she'd give them to me. And then I'd go play Asteroids again. And I got to the point where I could play on one slug for hours and end up with 30 or 40 spaceships. And I would sell it at the end when I was done. Somebody would always be standing there looking and I'd go, you know, I'll sell you this oh, for three work. bucks. Yeah, that's one of my first entrepreneurial ventures. But <laughs> once I became, and you oh. mentioned, a grown adult and I was trying to run a business, I thought, you know, I probably shouldn't be spending a lot of time playing video games. I should be researching or reading or studying. I quit for 50 years, darn near. And during the covid with lockdowns and nothing else to do i thought i wonder what video games are like today i hadn't seen a video game in decades so we got a new xbox and i got into racing games i have the full-blown race cockpit shifters <laughs> paddle shifters stick shifters full-blown um i love that thing i don't play all summer i just got way too much going on in the winter time when it gets dark at four o'clock I love playing my racing games. But here's what I found. This is crazy. I was doing my all the research on stress. Now, I've been doing it for a couple of years. So I wear devices to measure my stress instantly and all this stuff. When you watch somebody playing a video game and they're like really into it, like I'm trying to cut my lap time by a half a second. And you're, you know, you're, doesn't it look kind of stressful? Yeah, this shit's serious, man. I mean, you know. Yeah, but here's, here's the interesting thing. There's almost no exceptions to this. When I play that game, no matter how into it I am and fighting to get one more second, my stress levels drop to almost zero. I was shocked. I thought there was something wrong with the sensor, but I've done it over and over and over. If I need a break from stress, I just go play that video game for a couple hours. My stress just disappears. Yeah, it's called, well, it's called the Tetris, Tetris effect. They've done studies on this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when I get Tetris in the truck, came out. it's it's the same um, it's the same psychological trick that like slot machines play on you. You just kind of 
you, you zone out like the, the, the whole like prefrontal cortex just shuts down. Yeah. And your, your mind and your body just go into the zone. And that's, that's basically what is that happening to you. I, I, I get that, thing. Kevin. I, I get that. But I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just one that never resorted to video games. I carry, uh, I carry two guitars in my truck. I got electric and acoustic. It's, that's kind of my fail safe. Yeah, there you go. Music, music yes. is the same thing. When you're, when you're right. jamming yeah. and Going freestyle with music, it's the same exact thing. I, I just send tweets. Oh, you just blew my mind with that with this right now. You just blew my mind with this right now because of what I can apply this to. I appreciate that. What's that test called? The Tetris test? Is that what you called it? It was called the Tetris effect. Tetris effect. Okay, yeah, cool. They, they, they were studying people who played Tetris, um, and they kind of realized that, like, they're, I, I don't know the actual, like, technical term, like the alpha brain waves or whatever, but basically, like, yeah. The, the thinking part of you shuts off and then the instinct a part of you comes alive because you're just you're not really like once you've mastered the, like early on the game's a struggle because you're like figuring it out right like laying down the right pathways and once you have all that established and you're like um competent enough at the game that you can just kind of zone out and then just play without thinking that's that's where like that all kicks in yeah, now there's a there's a downside to this a and an upside if you manage it properly. The upside is you do this a little bit. You know, you do it to break the stress to, to you know, HRV levels go up, which is a good thing. I've documented all this stuff, and I, I want to go look that up. I bet I could find new data on this. But uh, doing this six or eight hours a day is not beneficial. If there's a downside to this, or there can be an upside if it's managed right. Yeah, well, especially with video games because you're uh, you're not like physically active, no, right? It's very sedentary. Right. It's a very, very sedentary game, but that like athletes have that same thing too when they're when they're just playing their sport and not really thinking about it, you know. But the benefits of them is that you it, know they're physically they're more physically active doing it. Yeah, and hey, and the reason the reason we might never have figured this out only studying athletes is the minute you become physically active, we can't measure your stress anymore in real time. Hey, I don't want to change the subject, but uh, well, sure you do. I, I just passed this Freightliner <laughs> with stacks on or with uh, breathers on each side, and dude has a freaking pipe coming out of his breather straight up above his cab <laughs> with a Jeep breather on it, like <laughs> like a snorkel for a Jeep. Uh, my my nineteen eighty four Astro had that. Yeah, but you're not a Freightliner with air breathers. <laughs> no, I was. A, I was. A, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just curious. Somebody help me understand. Explain to me like I'm five. So what is this guy thinking? In Australia, it's they run Ram that. Air. They no, they run that in Australia to get it out of the the dust. Oh, I'm twisted up right now yeah, about the it. Extension pipe with that with the top of it. I bet he plays video games. He probably does. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what uh, what do you guys what do you guys make of them? Uh, what was it Schneider that put uh, driver help wanted ads in the truck simulator video game? Justin, you would know. Not a bad idea. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Well, problem, isn't it also that, them? Isn't it also is, them that puts three trainees and three bunks in the back? Or is it, that's no, 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 uh, see, C R England? The problem with that with being Schneider <laughs> is okay. All the all the journalists that were reporting on that were like, oh, these video game nerds are gonna like get off their butts and actually drive trucks. No, Schneider doesn't offer new driver training anymore. So the only people that would have like had these ads even applied to them were already experienced truck drivers who were playing truck driving simulator like on their free time. 
<laughs> hey, I got a question. That's not a lot of touch they are. I got a question for, I think Justin was talking about the uh, Tetris effect. How does that compare, or have there been studies that you're aware of, how video games uh, affect on stress and brain activity versus physical activities and games uh, for as far as uh, cognitive de development for kids and adults? I can speak on that just anecdotally. So... When I was in the third grade, I was reading below a first grade reading level. And um, at the time, we had this game on our Nintendo Entertainment System called Silent Scope or Silent Running. It was a submarine game, and it basically simulated like submarine warfare. And there was a lot of reading, a lot of text, even Morse code involved in the game. And my mom kept getting annoyed because I was constantly asking her to like read the words out for me. And she was like, Justin, you, you just got to figure this out on your own, man. And so she stopped helping me. So I had to like figure it out on my own. And probably like four months later, the teacher asked my mom, like, what the hell did you do to Justin? And of course, my mom's panicking, thinking like, oh, shit, did I leave a mark or something? And she's like, no, 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 no. He, he went from like a first grade reading level to a fifth grade reading level in like five months. Wow. And games like, so like Pokemon, um, games that are like very heavily like text um, involved, they're very, very good for like reading development development on kids. Um, hey, thanks for that, I, dude. My I, son I, went through the same thing, yeah. and I did the same thing to him, and the same thing happened. Yeah, so I have I have a three year old right now, and I've like slowly but surely been trying to like introduce him to, to like I don't want him to be like a couch potato and play these games twenty four seven, obviously, but you know a little here, a little there, just just for fun. What I'm finding is all the old school games that I used to play, he's absolutely terrible at them. Like just, just cannot figure them out at all. But what he's pretty decent at is anything that's on like the new devices. Like uh, if it's on a tablet or a screen that he can use like with the touch interface, he does great. But they didn't have games like that when I was a kid. So it's, it's like he's, he's getting a leap start on those kind of games. And then he'll eventually have to catch up to what I was playing back when I was his age later on. So, so, so uh, another, another alternative. Go ahead. Along those same lines, so back in the day, we had an old TRS-80 computer from oh, Radio so Shack, yeah. and they yeah, had a game called Lunar Lander, and there were no graphics. Yeah. It was just rows yeah. of data, and you had to try to slow this damn data oh. down to land this module, and it was all numbers. And I yeah. was dyslexic I, as hell. I mean, I, I turned <laughs> everything around. And all my brothers would beat me at this damn Lunar Lander game. And I just, I was like, no damn way this is happening. And I spent so, the whole summer just watching numbers, watching numbers, watching numbers. And I went from severely dyslexic coming out of the fourth grade, going into the fifth grade and being right at par with everybody else. Wow. One of the things so that my, excites me about uh, dyslexia studies that they've done is um they discover that if they just change the fonts a little bit, like mm -hmm. dyslexia goes away for a lot of people. Really? Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'll go back a little further. I my first wasn't a TRS eighty. I actually bought the parts from Radio Shack and just built something. So hey, I had there a you go. I had a cassette player that yes. the that's actually what you ran the software yep. from was a yep. cassette player. You hooked it up to your TV screen for the screen. And it, I think there was a keyboard, but the mm -hmm. first game that I think the only game I ever loaded on this thing, I don't remember running anything else on this except this one game. And you put it in and I have no idea what's going on. Um, I don't even remember how I got the game or where it came from, but you start it up and it's just pure text. 
This yep. is just DOS text line stuff. And it says something like, there's a door. That's yeah. it. And, <laughs> yeah. and you got it. What do you mean there's a door? Now what? <laughs> open the door. You can't open the door. You don't have a key. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll get the key. We well, can't get the key. You don't know where it is. Oh, okay. Look under the mat for the door key. I mean, that's how this whole game. I played this game for like a year and never yeah. got to the end. There, so there's a, I, I grew up in like high school on this website called Newgrounds. And it's basically all the content on that website is like user generated. So people like make games or cartoons and stuff themselves and then upload it. And there's this hilarious game on there called um, Don't. It's either don't poop your pants or don't shoot your pants or something like that. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like that same exact game, except instead of there's a door, it's like you are in a hallway, you have to poop. And it's like, okay, uh, <laughs> open, open door, sit on toilet, poop. And it's like, well, you just shit your pants. So then you have to go back and like, okay, step one, That's, take yeah. your pants off, take a shit. Oh, you just crap in the hallway. You're That's now exactly you're bringing up some memories that. from closed truck stops. Yeah, so, <laughs> so later on, when I actually got a real PC, the next game I got for the PC was similar. It's that, but there were some really crude graphics in there, and the name of the game was called Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, and yeah. the whole the whole point of the game was to get laid. Yeah, they, they, they tried bringing that back when I worked. You know, at, um, I used to work at GameStop way back in like 2003. And there was like a, a remake of Laser Shoot Larry on the X on the original Xbox. Was there really? Oh yeah, it yeah. didn't sell very well because most, well, most, most people who knew who Laser Shoot Larry was was like, "Oh my god, that's, that's so old! I'm not playing that." And then it, the other the other half were like kids who had never heard of Laser Shoot Larry, and they're like, "Oh, this is cringe and garbage. I'm not playing this." It it, it was kind of cringe. The farthest I ever got was having sex with a blow up doll. <laughs> <laughs> so. We, so I'm just wondering. That. I'm just wondering. Uh, <laughs> my God! If, if my parents were to meet you guys, if they would tell me to stay the hell away from you guys. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's a legitimate question. <laughs> okay, so I did. I did a little digging into the the Tetris effect. So that was like the untechnical term. The the actual technical term is called. Automaticity, 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 I guess it's called. But it says it's the ability to do things without occupying the mind with low level details required, allowing it to become automatic response pattern or habit. So just about everybody in this uh, chat room here kind of does this too. Like when you're driving, you know, if, if you're driving on a highway down in a straight line, you just kind of zone out. Boom. Yep. That's just effect. I Absolutely. And I've documented that all the time. We, you know, the, the, we worked with Garmin to develop a watch for drivers. Like Garmin has golf watches and scuba diving watches and bicycling watches. And we actually worked with Garmin and created a, a driver watch uh, with a bunch of driver features on it. Some of them are, are kind of business. You can see your ELD on there and your hours and it can remind you to take your break and that kind of stuff. We really worked with them on the health side of it. So I, I developed some workouts for drivers, um, three different workouts. One you could do with body weight only. Um, one you could do using the truck and trailer as a gym and one you could do at the X3 bar that we sell in our, our store. Um, but we worked a lot with this instant stress reading on this watch. Uh, it, Garmin uses HRV and a couple other readings to give you an instant stress level. It's like zero to 100. And it's just shocking at, at some of the things that cause your stress to go through the roof and other things that keep it really low. For me, driving, my stress goes to almost nothing when I drive. 
Yeah. Well, you've been doing it long enough that it's not a big deal for you. It's like my wife. If I'm if she's in the car with me, she's she's stressing out all the time because she never drives. Yeah, I I have that same thing. Um, my if I'm driving, and my wife knows I'm a really safe driver. Obviously, you know, a couple million miles, no accidents. Um, but she, I guess, she feels out of control. Yeah. And she can get really stressed. And she'll look at me and she'll go, I know you're not going to kill us, but I know she's just stressed. If she, and if I'm driving on the interstate 55 or 60, and that's usually what I drive anyway. If I start going faster, she freaks out. When she drives 70 miles an hour and she's as calm yep. as can be. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, she knows what she's doing. That's universal with everybody's life. I'm, yeah. I'm the same way that, when I that's fly. Where you. I'm, I'm a terrible flyer. If I'm in the plane and there's like a little bit of turbulence, I'm the biggest fucking baby on the planet. <laughs> I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Oh, speaking of that, I, I was just telling the story earlier. I spent a year at ATBS, and that was the year they had their private plane. So we flew all over the place. The first time Lisa, my wife, got in the plane, and, you know, the cockpit door's wide open. You can see up in there. And uh, we took off, and we were taking off early in the morning heading east. So it was right into the sun, and it was just brutal. And we weren't 30 seconds off the ground, and the pilots took newspapers and a bunch of other stuff and just covered the canopy completely. So the sun wasn't coming in. My wife almost lost it. <laughs> I thought she, she was if – if she would have had a parachute, I think she would have bailed. <laughs> no, I'm I'm probably there with her. I, if, if, the, if the ride's smooth, like the bigger the plane, the smoother the ride. And I love it. To me, the worst is when I book a flight and then I see that it's a tiny aircraft and I'm like, okay, I get like five different seats to pick from. I'm just I'm like, I'm, I'm dreading it the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used I, I actually love flying. Doesn't bother me at all. It's one of those times I can just relax and read. I love to read on a plane because there's nothing else to do. So I always get caught up. Um, except now, I will not fly. It has nothing to do with afraid of flying or any. I just, the hassles of flying today and all the bullshit going on and flights getting canceled constantly and hmm. I, I t turned around or forced to land someplace else. I, hell no. I, I'll. So what do you think about that chick that's seen that dude that, 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 that's going around right now? I can't believe nobody's found her. Like no, no. Well, well, there's a video. There's a video on uh, YouTube saying from a friend of a friend, and the reason why she's missing is because she was on that plane to go on a cruise, and obviously on a cruise you have no cell phone service. So uh, that's what they're saying right now. I mean, I can understand her not coming forward and saying, "Hey, this is me," but nobody else has been like. Oh yeah, that's Rebecca. We were roommates in college. So <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we but, had um, in, in one of Reed's uh, spaces last week. We actually had an airline pilot on there, and he was telling us that like what's happening with a lot of these like insane people lately is just one like like Kevin was saying, flying is miserable. You're already stressed out by the time you get to the airport. If things aren't going right, that's even more stress. So people. The, the stress just gets like stressed and stressed and stressed. And then you get on the plane and you just fucking snap. And that's what we're seeing is all these people just snapping left and right. Yeah. And the, the, I mean, when I fly, it's almost always because I need to be somewhere fairly quickly and on time. I mean, that was the advantage of flying. I would much rather take two weeks and go travel in my coach. Because I yeah. can still work, I can still do the show. I have my bed, my pillow, my coffee. I, I'd much rather do that. The, I used to though look at an event and go, I really don't have time to drive to the East Coast for this event. I'll fly. Now I'm just going to make time. 
I, I'm, my, my, my parents live in South Carolina. Anytime they want to come up here to Jersey, they take Amtrak. So it takes longer for them to get I, up here, but they've been they, they've been taking the Amtrak long enough that there are, there's no surprises uh, for them. And my, the thing is, so many people that take the train nowadays, it's like their first time taking the train, and they don't realize that taking the train is not the same as flying. Like one, it takes forever. There's lots of stops. There's lots of delays. <laughs> Nobody packs yeah. food. So they don't realize like, oh shit, I'm gonna be stuck on this train for 18 hours with like no food. Yeah, because you never know when they're gonna. I, I'm a I'm a kind of a veteran on Amtrak because I I will take the train instead of flying because again I can I have time. Um, my last trip to I I was just to Tennessee not that long ago, and I took Amtrak from Portland to Chicago. I love that run, and then Chicago down. It was the um, shoot. What's the train that there's a song about? Oh, the city of New Orleans. So I was on the city of New Orleans, but I got off in, in uh, Memphis. So it was like, uh, I, I think I left here on a Sunday afternoon, if I remember right. It's almost exactly 48 hours to Chicago. So if I left on a Sunday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I got into Chicago at Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Then you don't even the over the train to New Orleans is an overnight train, so you don't even get on it till like nine or ten o'clock at night. And then I got off in Memphis on now Wednesday morning. So yeah, you're not getting and and it is outrageously expensive because yeah. I'm because I'm getting a full blown car, you know the the sleeper car with a shower and everything in it. That was like uh, I think the last time I went thirty three hundred bucks. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's the sticker shock on, on train tickets is insane. If you're a big train guy, have you ever uh, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Yes. Have you, did you take the train up there? Yep, with the oh, um, with the was, robbery. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah, the I the did that like ten years ago, man, that was the best. Like, I just had some free time between between trips at my job when I was hauling explosives, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take a rental car and I'm gonna go see the Hoover Dam and the Grand Canyon. Yeah, and, they 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 do the uh, the robbery, right? Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, man, no, I feel I, so sheltered, man. I've never, I've never been on a train. My wife flew for the first time last summer. Okay, her very first time flying, she jumps out of the goddamn thing. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who, who jumps out of a damn perfectly good airplane the very first time they fly? Yeah, that's a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know yeah. what? Though I, I, I've got a story about that. I, I am. I hate to admit this, but uh, before I admit this, I'll I'll put out a disclaimer that my testosterone levels are pretty high for a healthy 18-year-old. So just keep that in mind. But I'm terrified of heights. Like, I don't even like to get on a ladder. Seriously, I don't know what it is. I've tried everything I can to overcome this, and I just can't. But it doesn't bother me in certain cases. Flying does not bother me at all. I was a helicopter crew chief in the army and had tons of airtime and I've repelled out of helicopters that none of that stuff bothers me, but just getting on a ladder um, makes me crazy. So I was and this happened when I was in the army. Um, I was up here in the Pacific Northwest and my friends all decided one summer day we're going cliff diving in this river and you get out there and the spot you dive off of is about 45 feet up and the river you're jumping into is a creek. It, it's not very wide at all. And the spot you're jumping into is in between two waterfalls. So there's a waterfall coming down into this pool. Then there's the pool. And then there's a really big waterfall flowing out of it, like 
70 feet down on that waterfall. And it looks like if you jump in, you're going over the waterfall, except you don't. There's like a wall there and only a little bit of water goes over. So you can go right up to the edge of it and then you get over to the side and you climb out. So I'm watching this and I'm like, man, none of this bothers me except the climb up there. I don't think I can do it. And of course, you know, you're with all the guys and peer pressure. So, all right, we're going to go jump now. So we get over there and I start climbing and I get in front and I just, all I'm going to do is climb. I'm not talking. I'm not looking around. Everybody else joking around and I am like focused. I'm getting to the top. When I got to the top, I jumped immediately. All I wanted was out. How bizarre is that? Why am I afraid of standing up there if I'm not afraid of jumping off there? Uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's that control thing again. It must be. I, as soon as I was up there, I'm just like, I want out of here. So I jumped. Everybody else is laughing and goofing around. They get all up the top and they're all afraid to jump now. Dude, it's, like my I, son when I him, it's like when I take my son to the playground and he wants to go down the slide and he climbs all the way to the top. And then once he's at the top, he's like, oh, shit, get me down. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I wouldn't even let my wife have the curtains open when we stay. Like when we go to Gats, we'd stay at the Omni, like 19 floors up. I'm like, shut the fucking curtains. I don't even want to look out the window. <laughs> Yeah, like, no way. <laughs> I know. I don't know what that is. What's the tallest building you've ever been in? Uh, the Sears Tower, I guess. Okay. Well, see, that one's, like, stabilized, so you don't really feel any swing. Is to it? Me, the, to me, the ones, the, the ones that scare me are, like, not the skyscrapers, but, like, the medium-sized towers that were like, oh, it's fine when they're building it. And then once they're... it's done, the wind hits it, and you just feel it swaying. No, the other Dude, one that was a little bizarre, I remember there's one in Dallas somewhere, but I don't remember which building or hotel it was. And, it, and I know they have this in other places, but you can walk outside onto a transparent walkway. They have that at so the you're, Canyon, too. Yeah, it's that same kind of thing. That's pretty the, freaky. The, oh, I, I, got suggested, I got suggested a YouTube video yesterday for these guys who, like, and just, like, a whole genre on YouTube of guys who, like, break into construction sites and like, climb, climb skyscrapers and then go to the top of the cranes that are, like, on the top of the skyscraper. Oh, and, like, man, literally, no like, they've got, like, no ropes or anything, and they just, like, climb these cranes. My palms are so sweaty watching these videos. It's, it's like, insane. Oh. Yeah, I can't, I can't watch any of that. I can't either. Even, even like, like some of the weirder parkour videos, like I'm watching the video, like half my brain, my brain is like, is like watching the technical stuff. Okay. It's a GoPro. The image is warped. It's not quite that tall. You know, you're, you're looking at a distorted image. And then the other half of my brain is like, fuck all this. Shut, shut the tab. What are you doing? Do not watch yes. <laughs> Hey, hey, I just, I just realized something. I must be in the wrong space. I just looked up and at the title is trucking technology and efficiency. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was hoping to get this thing back. Yeah, parkour is pretty efficient. So. We, we need to get this thing back on track here. Hey, uh, well, hey, does it, Reed? Could you explain what I just posted up in the nest to the to the group? That that's a uh, seems very like important, but I don't understand what that's all about. What my low Reed? power mode tweet? Yeah, what is that? I don't understand, and I don't get that because I'm like I got boomer tech going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just, I just, hey, not hey, a big hey, TJ, TJ, yeah. I need yeah. to thank you. I was For wondering what? too. I was too afraid to admit that I didn't know what the hell that was all about. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we need to know if there's a sign going get on. That. Like, right. I need to understand how the, 
how it's going down. So, Reed, what say you? Please I, advise. I'm just, Come on. I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to start a movement here of rebelling against low power mode. We have big tech is wants to sap your energy, wants to convince you that you're tired, but you're not. You should never enter low power mode on your phone. You're, you're admitting defeat when you do that. You need, your phone is either dead or alive. No low power mode. <laughs> well, it worked for me last night on the airplane. I didn't have a charger, and I was able to use my phone for like 10% no. for a four-hour flight. Oh, no, no, no. Just let it die. Sorry, man. You don't get to use let it. Let it die. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, all right. I got it. So it, it uh, encourages discipline with your phone. So here, let me put this into context. Low power mode is the new mask. Yeah, man. It's, oh, it's literally designed. It's designed to... You admit defeat when you go into low power mode in every domain. <laughs> hey, so, I, I'm either I'm either going to wrap this up or um, we'll just throw out one more goofy topic that might be fun. Um, anybody found any more cocaine at the White House recently? <laughs> I, you know, I found out they, they found marijuana twice in 2022. Nobody ever bothered to tell us that. One. Wow. They just dropped the whole thing I heard today. Yeah. They, yeah, they, it's, they it's, dropped it. It's too difficult to solve. That's unbelievable. Every, everything in the media cycle has like a like a three day half life these days. Doesn't matter what the scandal is or how the, big it is. Within you a know, week, it's gone. What was funny when I was scrolling headlines, I came to this headline about they just solved some you know decades old cold case serial killer in Long Island or somewhere over there. I don't know what it was. And then the very next thing I saw was the Department of Justice drops the investigation into the White House cocaine because they can't solve it. We can solve a 30-year-old serial killer murder, but we can't figure out who brought an illegal substance into what should be the most secure building in the country. With a fingerprint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they have fingerprints on it. Yeah, but we checked APHIS and nothing popped up, so I guess we're done. We can't figure this out. Well, that, there's another big story where they're deploying troops over there to Ukraine or whatever, or to the to Europe. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I, I, I what's was going to ask about. Yeah, why are we bringing up three thousand reservists? This is unbelievable. I mean, what are they doing? There was a lot of tweets about that last night. Some of it is all it's obviously all speculation, but some of it is like uh, some of the older IT guys are trying to like get out, and it's it's a way of like getting them back in before. We really need like a lot more cybersecurity experts. You, you know, part of the problem with this, uh, a lot of people don't realize it, uh, like your army contract. I went in for three years of active, but everybody signs up for six. You might do four active. The, the army even has a couple two-year programs or they used to. Um, so once you finish your active duty, you are an inactive reservist for the full six years. You could be called back in. They almost, it almost never happens, though. So nobody ever thinks about that. But you, you're signing up for six years. And if they start calling those people back, if they think they have a recruiting problem now, let people find out that you're really on the hook for six years and you might get called back. Oh, yeah. Again, when I was in the Army, when I, when I was in the uh, National Guard, ours is actually was six years with two IRR, two okay. years IRR. Inactive readiness reserve. Okay, so, so it when was an I got year tour. oh, see, yeah, when I got out after three, I did enlist in the active National Guard for the next three, but so it wasn't a big deal for me. Um, but a lot of people do not think that that they have more of a commitment. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's well. I got out like right before nine eleven, and then I thought for sure they're going to call me back up, and they never did. But my sister was in the National Guard. They called her up, sent her to Iraq. Well, that that's much more common. The National Guard gets called up quite a bit, but they're active. They know that that they should expect that. But when you go to your inactive reserve, nobody expects they're getting called back. I know most yeah. people didn't even realize they could be called back. You know, when, when the, our unit got activated, some of them went overseas, but a lot of times the National Guard gets activated to take the place of the regular army that's stationed here. Yeah, yep. And, and the regular army gets deployed, but it still counts as a deployment for the National Guard because they're activated. Right, right. All right, anything else? We're going to wrap this up for the day. I got nothing. It's been a blast. I gotta, I actually, I got to get back to work. Thank yeah, I, sh- I should I should get back to work too. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna check. bring uh, I'm gonna bring in one more speaker only because of his handle uh, and what we were just talking about. Angry vet. Would you like to jump in here and join us? And I'm assuming you're not an angry veterinarian. No, I spent 20 years in the Navy, and uh, I changed my name to Atomic Trucker because I was in the nuclear Navy. Got it. What's on your mind today? I was just going to mention about that the uh, bunch of the vet bo- boards were on Reddit were like, IR, the, the the Intel guys, the IT guys, those are, and, uh, those are the guys going, and apparently Operation Atlantic Resolve has been ongoing for the past 10 years, damn near, since 2014, so it should be four years before I retired. So... Does anybody think that some of this exodus from the military could be because of all the woke crap in the military these days? Oh, I guarantee it. Yes. Yeah, because like like when my parents were in, my parents were Air Force vets. And I was an Air Force brat. Things were a lot harder way back in back in the day for families. I mean, you could you could be stationed somewhere for six months and then sent somewhere else halfway across the world. They do a lot less of that these days, from what I've been hearing. Uh, the the problem nowadays is just families. You know, it used to be families were like their biggest uh, rec- recruiting pools. Like if you if your dad served and your grandfather, oh served, yeah, right, back and back and back. Chances are you were going to serve. What's happening nowadays is like if your parents served and they were in, like my dad went to Desert Storm and Desert Shield, but if, if they were in um, what was it Iraqi Freedom, you know, the post the post nine eleven military. They're not telling you to go join the military. They're telling you to stay the hell away. I, I, I almost hate to admit this. At one point, my son came to me and started talking about the military, and I actually talked him out of it. I hate to say that, but I did. Yeah. I, I said, no. I said, I, I, I'm glad I went, and, and if I could do it again the way I did it, I would go do it again. But I would not do it in today's military. I just wouldn't. And it all depends on what you're doing, too. So, like, I have a friend, uh, Nick, who – you know, he was a bit of a slacker growing up, dropped out of college, really was kind of floundering in life and, you know, in a moment of desperation, joined the Army. And he's been kicking ass and taking names ever since, figuratively, not literally, but he, he went into intelligence. You know, he uh, went in, got his uh, degree with uh, computer science, and I think he was in for four years. And now he works for, you know, one of those like Edward Snowden type private contractors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know all kinds of hush hush military intelligence, but then it's like okay, you you got to decide what kind of job you want to go into once when you're in the service and then when you get out and whether or not you're actually going to be comfortable doing some of the things that you're going to have to do. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it, I, I was shocked at how much um, of all the DEI, ESG, or whatever the hell all the new alphabet soup stuff is, how much that had infiltrated the military. Oh, it's okay. Well, so we have a general that wears dresses, so I mean. Exactly. I mean, so, I, the first time I think? thought, the first <laughs> time I saw this picture of like three or four high-level military people sitting around in dresses and wigs and lips, I thought, this has got to be satire. So have you noticed, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, I get it if it's a private and basic training that wants that made a bad call and doesn't want to be there anymore. And he acts that way. But have you noticed that all these fucking men that wear dog suits and dog masks and what, dresses? They're what high is, ranking. What's the they're whole colonels. dog thing? I, I don't somebody, know. Somebody, somebody's got to explain that. But they're, but they're. Ma- air, a lot of that is Air Force. There's a ton, believe it or not, there's a ton of furries. <laughs> oh boy. Air Force. Just, just, just starting off. There's a ton of furries in the Air Force. So it was kind of underground. But that's when there's like what maybe point zero one percent of like. You know, enlistees that are in, involved with that, but now it's moved up to like one percent. So there's enough of them now that they're one. It's just the times are changing. They're a little more comfortable being open about it, and also the the like back say say it's like 1995, and you find out your coworker is a furry. You could talk shit with him all day long. What did you just say? You found out your coworkers a what? A furry. What's a furry? Was like what you're talking about. The guys dressed up dogs and animal costumes and shit. Oh, the costume that they're wearing is called their fursona. Oh my god. I am so Why out of touch. But my point is, my point is, but these guys aren't just like low rank. These guys are majors. No, that's colonels. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, right. Because a lot of them, these aren't like, these aren't like frontline grunts or nothing. These are, these are guys that work, you know, behind the scenes, hey. IT guys, like a, a ton of IT in Silicon Valley okay. is, is in this community. Can't we just do this? I, I know when I went through basic training, you had to be able to do some minimum physical stuff, some push-ups, some sit-ups. You had to be able to run a little bit. Uh, can't we just at least have like a testosterone test before you're allowed in? Uh, I don't think they pass. <laughs> Good. That would be the point. Let's keep them out. Uh, hey. uh, the, the military has one purpose, right? It's to protect us and kill people. I think killing people requires higher levels of testosterone. I think well, that should be a qualification. Kevin, at this point right here. The good news about this, too, is like it's not just the U.S. dealing with this. If you type, if you Google uh, Chinese military masturbation, there is like article after article after article of all of these generals in China from like the last decade complaining about like recruiting is down. The, the quality of recruits that they get are fucking useless. All they do is sit around on their phones and, and jerk off all day. So Wait, these, Justin, are, these are universal I, problems. We've, we've got to invite you to more spaces. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd be happy with a testosterone test if they could just change a fucking tire. Well, that requires testosterone. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or change the oil in a car. I mean, these boys these days have no concept of how to do anything. They don't even have to change a battery. I... I <sighs> I get it. I, I, I it is it. Uh, you know, we were talking about the whole soy boy thing, and it is just shocking what has happened. It, you know, you look around right now, and most human beings don't look like human beings are supposed to look. It's that that's bad. A, that's a great point. There is, um, God, I've, some podcasts I was listening to, and it was like just just look at any person that you see in public and. Think about like paintings or just, you know, go to a museum and you see like what, you know, Neanderthals right. look like. 
Like people are not wild animals anymore. No, and they're here's the one word I can use to describe most people, men, women, whatever. Every time I look at them, what comes to mind is weak. That that's mm -hmm. the word that they're 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 just weak. There's no vitality. There's no there's no energy. There's no they're just I don't they just don't look human. Well, you know, in all fairness, uh, the last time I parted with Justin, uh, he was drinking Bud Light. And only know this because I gave it to him. Hey, I was drinking Yingling, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Reed, Reed was there too. Reed was there too. So, but <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe I have an idea. If if Bud Light wants to save itself, maybe they should start brewing Bud Light from soybeans. So, so My, just go funny. all the way in. Just go all in. There, there's not a manlier looking trucker than than like jeremy johnson the disrespected trucker i mean you look at the duties this looks like a a badass you know big old beard you know just tough ass truck driver that you wouldn't want to piss off he, and then uh, the other day he posted a picture uh, uh it was i think it was of me and him and he said i don't think you realize but he had a bud light in his hand <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah we give him shit over know, that yeah, you know, you expect him to walk up to a woman, hit her with a club, grab her by the hair, and drag her back to her sleeper, the way things should be. Nah, couldn't fly these days. Here, I shared that uh, tweet with you about the Chinese military. No, it definitely couldn't fly. I mean, I joined the Navy in 98 before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed, and we had a gay guy in my division. No one cared. Oh. He was a great worker. No one gave a crap. He finally got tired of the BS and said, I'm gay. The chain of command went, we know. Bye. I'll go a step further. I don't know if anybody remembers this, and I won't have enough details, I don't think, to look it up. But I went in in 82. Prior to that, there was a, a story that had made the national news about an E6 in the military who came out as gay. And that, that was a big, big deal back then. And so I, I, it wasn't like I was following it, but I kind of remember it. I show up at my first duty station, Fort Lewis. Guess who's checking me in? It's that guy from the, from the story. And he was flaming. I mean, this guy was flamboyant. And, and seriously, he hit on every guy that he checked in. It, he kind of made it joking, but he was openly hitting on almost every guy he was checking in. And as long as he didn't announce it to the world... <laughs> no, one yeah, no, it's he. He was in my unit for a long, long time after that, right. long as I that, can remember. Now, now, reverse that, Kevin. If you were the only man checking in all these females oh. on a navy <laughs> ship, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be like, "How you and, doing? How you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what was funny? I, this guy was actually he was good at his job. He was kind of funny. So, and he made the hitting thing kind of a joke. I, it didn't bother anybody. It didn't bother me. We laughed about it. It just wasn't that big of a deal. It, it is currently a trope and a running joke in the Navy about the married chief or E7 hitting on the thick E3s that just showed up to the command. So that is a <laughs> running joke in the Navy and the military about first classes E6s, which is what I was when I retired. Uh, chiefs and uh, the, the senior the senior enlisted guys hitting on the juniors. We're not supposed to do that. 
Well, you know if it's a running joke that it started because there's a ton of truth. I mean, yeah. that's how that stuff starts. It's a trope for a reason. Yeah, exactly. All right, four-minute warning. Uh, the last thing I was going to say was by the time I got out, I actually almost got an EEO complaint because I told a group of junior sailors they couldn't use the N-word because it was considered a racial slur, regardless of who used it. Navy oh. didn't care. Oh, yeah. And they reported my ass. <laughs> of course they did. That's how things work now. I even got an EEOC letter against me when I was at the Postal Service. I was a temporary supervisor for six months, and everybody who works in the offices tell you, like, oh, if you don't have one, it's like you're doing something wrong. Fortunately, my so, master chief for E9 looked at them, looked at me, and went, he's right. You can't do that. But try not to ride their ass so much. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Nope. Have a good day, gentlemen. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be safe. Thanks for for letting me in. You're welcome. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.